Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome to another edition of Tag the Roll. This is your host, Mark Schindler. As always, if you haven't before, uh, be sure to rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe to us. Uh, we have a lot of great stuff coming out. We're excited about this podcast. Is going to be a lot uh, in terms of recapping some things that happened over Feast Week, which I, I hate calling it Feast Week. I don't know that's what they call it, but like, no. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to dive into a lot of that. We'll probably have a second pod this week diving into even more because there's some really great games following up this week as well. And we're catching up on more things. But uh, before... Zach and I dive in. We are going to be hosting rooms over at, at Playback uh, for, for Watch Playback. And so essentially, you can come in and watch games with us, talk ball. Um, we'll do some Q&As. Um, and we make money doing that. So any any anybody who comes out and, and shows love and supports would be greatly appreciated. We're excited about doing it. We should probably have our first one up this week. We'll be sure to announce it on our Twitter page as soon as uh, we have that finalized. But yeah, be on the lookout for that. Other than that, I think we're ready to get started. Zach, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. I enjoyed our week of I'm not going to call feast week for you, but our week of Thanksgiving <laughs> games, a bunch of a bunch of great tournaments. Maui is always my favorite tournament every single year. It delivered once again, but we had uh, just a bunch of great games throughout all of last week. So um, I'm excited to talk about all the games today. I think what I'm most thankful for from this last week is Bill Walton. Um, I threaded a couple of his uh his great moments from the the Alabama UConn game um or no it was Alabama Michigan State my bad uh and he's just he's a treasure man like he, he I really think is he really it's is. really funny because when I was a kid and just like growing up in general I used to get really annoyed by Bill and I was like you know this old man's just so crusty and annoying and like why won't he just talk about the basketball and now that I'm older like. I just appreciate him so much because there are so many people who don't like basketball or just bitch about basketball when they're they're on. Like, 
think about it like this. We get to listen to, to fucking Bill Walton go on and on for an entire week instead of Dan Dockich. I think that's pretty great. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm very thrilled. I, I love Bill. He had some fantastic moments. Uh, the, I think the best one was when he, he Brandon Miller hits a three and he's like, this is the best I've ever seen him play. He really has the full package. And then uh, I think it's Shulman goes like, uh, is, isn't this the first time I've seen him play? And then Bill pauses for a second. Like, Both statements are correct. And like it's just yeah, that's that's his classic. Unreal. Every time he every time he he plays or every time he does a game, best time I've ever seen them play. It's great. But I I feel the same way. I wasn't the biggest fan growing up. I love it now. I still think now like if it's a high stakes game, I can still get how yeah. some people might be a little bit annoyed because it's like a it's like a podcast pretty much that could like sometimes yeah. even distract you at times. Um, so if it's a high stakes game, I I can get not fully enjoying the experience, but on a normal game, I, I think it's, it's, it's a joy to listen to. And it's, it's pretty much a podcast and you can just listen to him do games without even watching the games and still probably enjoy yourself. Yeah. I want a Bill Walton podcast, so it'd actually be pretty great. Um, we'll have to, we'll see, see if we can pull some strings, but, uh, yeah, man, let's dive in. First guy that I really want to talk about is, uh, I mean, we're going, we mentioned Brandon Miller. We're going to dive into him a little bit later because he's one of the main centers of the podcast. But I want to talk about Julian Phillips from Tennessee because Tennessee, I don't want to say that they surprised me at their tournament. Um, I'm trying to remember. Did they, they were Maui, right? Or no, they were Atlantis. They were about for Atlantis. Um, and they actually played a lot better than I expected because they had that wonky loss and not just like a loss, like a blowout loss to Colorado earlier in the year. So I was like a little bit wary of what they were going to look like. And then Tennessee played pretty damn well. Um, ended up beating the shit out of Kansas uh, in their final game there. Um, beat Butler in a, in, a, in a bigger game. Beat USC in overtime. They had a good week for themselves. And I think Julian is a really interesting guy to talk about. Probably the best. Not probably. Like he is the best prospect on that team. Um, so, yeah, I'll turn it over to you, man. Yeah, with with Julian Phillips, I think we'll probably differ a little bit here with him. Yeah. I I do think that USC game was solid from him, but I still have felt quite underwhelmed with him and the season as a whole. And honestly, just if you look at his numbers in that game, I still thought the actual play was underwhelming as well. Like I said, still his best game of the season, but it just wasn't really a moving game for me. I think what he's shown this year is his best offensive skill is probably drawing fouls. Everything else has been a little bit up in the air. I think he does have some nice uh, timely cuts as well. But the finishing hasn't been that great, in my opinion. The jump shot looks a bit rough. Uh, but yeah, in that game, he was able to hit some shots in the mid-range against a soft zone, was able to draw fouls, had a few hustle plays on tip-in offensive rebounds or in transition. So still was able to get buckets in that game, which is why his stat line looks a lot better. But I don't think it really matched what you would expect when you see the line. I do think on the defensive side, he had some nice defensive possessions as well. Used his length, moved his feet, had decent strength on a couple drives as well. But yeah, overall, I'm still a little bit underwhelmed with him. But yeah, it was still promising to see, especially because that still was better than any other game he played this year as well. Yeah, so I think it's interesting. I actually, for me, I I, I don't know if I would say the Kansas game was better for him. Um, but in terms of what I wanted to see, I felt like not offensively. I thought defensively he was really good in the Kansas game. Like he was a big part for why Grady Dick struggled, especially early in the game. I think most of Grady's points came later in the game when they moved Julian off of him. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm right there with you. I think part of where I'm looking at this from is more, it's less about like, I think that Julian Phillips should be a lottery prospect or something and more just he is 
pretty widely not talked about as a prospect this year as a one and done guy. And I think there is real intrigue with him for there. Something I wrote about earlier in the year. Um, it's obviously not the exact same thing, but I feel like I obviously without the shooting. So it's a it's a different thing, but like very Trey Murphy ish to me in terms of like what you kind of look at and maybe expect from him. Like like you mentioned with the drives and drawing fouls, like there's still a lot there in terms of him figuring out his handle and attacking. But I do think his ability to assert himself in the paint has been really nice. Um, like you mentioned with the cuts and just on uh, on offensive boards in general, like in the Kansas game. He had that really timely tip out to, I think it was the Tyree key. Um, and that ended up putting him up like eight or nine. And they went on a big run after that. But um, he had some really good moments of screen navigation in the Kansas game. He's had some moments of bad screen navigation too. Um, but overall, like for somebody who's six, nine, that's probably like plus four, plus five wingspan like him to get around a pair of stagger screens the way that he did. Like it's something I want to clip and put out, but um, it's encouraging stuff. And I think it's more, I don't know what to think of the shot right now because he clearly has good touch inside the arc. Like in that game against USC, most of his points came off of I'm facing up, attacking a soft zone and either drawing fouls or just hitting a, you know, a 16 footer. Um, and just based on trajectory, like he's a very capable shooter and has touch, but it's weird. Cause in the offense, I feel like it's not, there's not really a lot of design threes for him. It's mainly like when he's getting the ball in the slot, they're running split cuts and letting him make decisions. Um, which has actually been pretty like nice to see. Like, I don't think I would consider him a bad field guy. Like, I think that he sees the floor decently well. Not that he's a good passer. Like, he's a fine passer, especially like if you're just keeping the ball moving. Um, but again, like, I, I just think it's more in terms of this is a guy that I think is going to end up rising later in the process, especially if he acclimates a little bit more and the shot starts to fall for him um, because he's big, uh, he's wiry. He's a pretty good athlete, especially vertically. Like, again, like not Trey Murphy the third, but some of the same characteristics that I think made him enticing to people. Um, and the defensive uh, flashes are really fun, too. So I think like there's he's a guy who I think continues to be really interesting for me to track throughout the season. Um, did you have anything off that? Yeah, I think all of that is fair. I think I will probably disagree with on the touch right now. I don't think I'm as enthused with the touch so far i guess something that i'm going to probably reference a lot throughout our pods because something that i've been looking at a lot recently so i'll just explain it now it's something that i've done um i know i've talked about my nba shooting database before another mm -hmm. database that i want to do this year is just a touch database which is i think with a lot of bigs this doesn't really fully apply to julian phillips because not big but i guess in players in general the guys who get a lot of dunks if you take away their dunks because dunks are obviously inflating the rim percentage, which is obviously a good thing to do because dunks are good. They're easy points and everything, but it's not a good touch indicator. So something that I've liked to do recently is looking at a player's touch shots, which I'm saying is runners, floaters, layups, and hook shots. So pretty much everything besides dunks. Um, so yeah, when I when I refer to touch shots today or in future episodes, that's what I'm talking about. I think I just want to get that out there. But yeah, with him, he's at 44.4%, 8 for 18 on those touch shots this year. I'm very iffy on if I really trust him finishing through contact and all that stuff. I do think he has the strength to do that. I just am not moved by what I've seen so far yet. I want to see mm -hmm. more there. Um, so, yeah, I, I would disagree with the touch part being That's fine. Um, at least promising so far, but it's still really early in the season. We've seen so many early season sample sizes that look good the first three games, don't look good anymore or other way around. So we're still very early, just what I've seen so far from the numbers and from the film. 
haven't been that encouraged. But going back to the foul drawing that he's done, I think some of it is looking like it could be translatable. I do think with a lot of rookies, we do see it, it is tough for them to get calls at times. But then we've seen Paolo this year and Matherin as well. Their foul drawing has been very good, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit tough with him, I think. I don't think all this is translating and some of the free throws that he's gone has just been because of being on a cut and like the bonus or whatever. And it was even a bad call, but he is attacking the basket strong and aggressive and looking for contact. So I do like seeing that. I just want to see the finishing improve a little more along with the shot. Cause I don't really know right now how much value he's bringing on offense. So that's just the question. But like you said, he probably will be someone that rises throughout the process um, and he does seem like a guy who will be a good pre-draft process guy as well. But yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go back to school either. It's just we're still early in the process with him. Yeah, definitely. I think he's just somebody that I want to keep putting references on as the, as the season goes on because there is encouraging stuff. Um, did you have thoughts on any of the other Tennessee guys? I know you like Tyree Key headed into the year. How have you felt about him so far? Because I think he's done interesting stuff, but it just hasn't been to the volume I was hoping. Yeah, so the first couple of games, the volume was there also, actually. Um, so I was really intrigued because in their secret scrimmage or their secret charity scrimmage, scrimmage <laughs> however, like they call it. This, no, I know but, what you're like, saying. But they had their charity exhibition or whatever you want to call it with Gonzaga. He looks really good in that game. And then the first couple of games against Tennessee Tech and Colorado, the the volume was higher. The usage was there. He looked like one of their best players along with mm-hmm. Josiah Jordan-James. Um, but since those first two games, he hasn't really been as aggressive, not shooting as many threes. And it's weird because Josiah Jordan-James didn't even play in this tournament either, and his volume didn't even go higher. So I'm not that I'm backing off of him right now because I was never really in on him in the first place. It was more of just he has been one of their top two players in the beginning. He is someone to keep an eye on if he continues that play throughout the whole year. He could have been like a Portsmouth guy. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played like that the last week or two. I would like to see it come back because he does have very intriguing shooting off movement, NBA range, just a smart player in general. But yeah, he hasn't been that good the last week and a half or two weeks. And unfortunately, we didn't get to see Josiah Jordan James because of uh, knee soreness, I think it was or just something to do with his knee. And he has surgery and that in the offseason. So that's not ideal. Yeah, no, not great. Um, hopefully he can get healthy. This Tennessee team is just kind of weird. Like, I don't know what to feel about them overall this season. Like, I think you can see uh, there. I mean, I, they're weird because they shoot really well. Like, they're a pretty solid shooting team. I think like their numbers are actually I mean, their percentages are a lot lower than I think they should be. Like, I think both of us agree that Julian's probably going to shoot better as the year goes on. You know, how high is obviously up for debate. But like Viscovi is better than a 31 percent shooter. Um, like, I, I think that pretty clearly it's going to be a little bit better. And especially to like Viscovi hit the shots when it mattered most, especially in that USC game. Um, but like overall, like what they're, I think I'm looking right now, like they're ninth in defense and 204th in offense. And that feels right in watching them play. Um, but yeah, again, just weird stuff. But uh, one more thing to add on, on Tennessee and yeah, not in sure. general for their prospects, but I always love seeing prospects play against them as well, just mm-hmm. because of their defense, like you said, and how physical they are. They normally speed teams up and get into them, and that's the stuff you want to see when you're watching a prospect. And I think certain teams, and not just for prospects, but teams in general who you might want to watch this year just in college, 
seeing them go against that physical defense that makes you speed things up and turn things over is always fun to watch. So I always enjoy watching them play, even if the offense can be up and down. I think that the offense will continue to be up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Julian Phillips shot will be better. I don't think he's going to be around 10% from three all season. Um, Vescovi's shot will get better as well. But yeah, they, uh, Zakai Ziegler hasn't been that great this year either. I think he should have some better play ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't have too much more to say on the Tennessee stuff. Well, yeah, I know you wanted to talk about Harrison Ingram from over at Stanford, so I'm going to give you the floor. Yeah, so Harrison Ingram this year is someone I wanted to talk about the last couple episodes. I've been a little bit, not a little bit, I've been pretty underwhelmed with his play this year. I thought that he was... A somewhat of an intriguing returner, but I also thought that he had pretty big flaws that I want to see improve on, and I don't think he's really shown much improvement there yet. I will say he did have his one best game of the season. I actually haven't watched it because there were so many other Thanksgiving games going on. So that is something that I want to go back and watch. But over his first four games, I watched a decent amount of those, and he just doesn't look much quicker with the ball in his hands, and his, his scoring is still very questionable. And he can't create good looks for himself. But then on the other hand, he's not really a great shooter to play off the ball. So it's just a little bit of how do you want to use him on offense to get great value? Because he's not even that great of a defender either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think that Stanford with having Michael and Spencer Jones this year, spacing the floor around him should hopefully make it easier for him to attack the basket and maybe just take advantage of his size against smaller players because they can space the floor for him. But yeah, the the main thing with him is just the passing at his size is, is really intriguing, but I'm not that impressed with everything else on offense yet. And I, I would have hoped to see more from him on offense so far. Yeah. Even just looking at his numbers, like it's pretty much the same as last year with roughly worse efficiency, not even roughly like definitely worse efficiency. So it's, um, I haven't gotten to catch Stanford yet just because they haven't really had any massive matchups that I was really too enticed to catch. I liked Harrison a decent bit last year, but hearing all of that is a little bit discouraging, to be honest. Um, somebody I'm still going to need to check in on. But uh, hmm. yeah, he's uh, just at, at the rim numbers aren't great. The touch. I don't even want to say the touch is bad. He just doesn't create good looks. So everything that he has to do around the rim is a tough shot pretty much. And that's yeah. the that's the problem. How is he going to get easy buckets? And there are times where I thought that not that this is translatable to the league, but like for Stanford's success and his success, he has the size to to play out of the post against some smaller players as well, which I think he actually did do a little bit last year as well. I have not seen that as much in the games that I've watched this year. So yeah, I just want to see some improvement there, whether it's improvement with the shot or finding ways to get better looks on offense for himself or for teammates. Still very early in the season, but yeah, not not a promising start for him, unfortunately. Yeah, no, most definitely. Well, are you ready to talk about Alabama and Brandon Miller? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, Alabama had a an interesting tournament, I think is the best way to put it. Um, so yeah, they they had not really played anybody coming into the season like liberty is okay jacksonville state's a decent enough team but like for the most part like punt punching pretty below their weight they beat a good michigan state team in their first first game 
got shit canned by Connecticut over the last 10 minutes of their game. And then they just played a four overtime game against UNC last night, which I have not watched that one yet. Full honesty, I was sick yesterday and ended up not watching too much basketball. Um, but there's a lot to dive into with this team. And I think Brandon Miller is number one. Like uh, Sam Vecini moved him up into his top 10 in the lottery. Uh, I know that's happening around the around the clock, uh, pretty much anywhere. Brandon Miller has moved up a ton. He was the number 11 recruit in this class. But I think he has been one of the more uh, surprising guys in, in the way that he's popped so far at Alabama. Um, I th- I I. I, I not to not to go on this giant monologue rant before we dive in, but like I think on one hand, I'm probably not there with like the number seven stuff yet. Um, in terms of having him go upper lottery, it's just early in the season. I want to see a lot more play out. He's shooting 48% from three. And on one hand, the shooting from deep has been absurd. He's been really, really good. It's in variety. He's doing self-created stuff. On the other hand, he's shooting 30 below 33% on twos right now. And it feels like even though it, you it like it's physically impossible to shoot 33% from two on an entire year when you're 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, I mean, I don't think it's going to get too, too much better this year, if we're being honest. Uh, and that seems really blunt, but there, I still think, though, like there's a lot to like about him. And I don't want to just come off overly harsh, but I do think there is stuff to also be critical about. So I know that was, again, big rant, but um, I want to turn it over to you first. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing with him this year will be the role that people project him in. Yeah. And and that's the thing where I think a lot of people who are, are talking about this top five, top seven stuff, for the most part, I'm assuming it seems that they're thinking about this on-ball creator kind of guy. And if they're not, okay. Um, But I do think that the better way to look at it is just he can be an off-ball wing kind of player with the shooting, obviously. We want to see where the shooting ends up because there most likely will be some regression because he is just shooting absurd right now. But if you have that kind of size and that kind of shot versus like he he has shown some shot versatility, he's shown NBA range. If you have all of that together, that's just a really intriguing player. So even with his flaws, so on NBA three so far, he's 50% on NBA threes, 13 for 26 (laughs) and, and 26 NBA threes this early in the season is a pretty nice volume as well. He he is consistently shooting deep threes and it's not like just at the NBA line. It's sometimes even a little bit further back than that. Yeah. He didn't he hit like a logo three just about in the Michigan state game. Like, like to say that he's been the best wing shooter in basketball this year would not be that's that's not lying with when you went like this far and like the shooting has been legit 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 it's been very good yeah so the shooting has been really good we want to see where it lands i think the hope for his two-point percentage is he just gets maybe some more transition points or Mm -hmm. some cuts or offensive rebound putbacks but in terms of how he's been able to self-create whether it's out of the pick and roll or even attacking the closeout those stuff, those those things don't like there's going to get too much better there. Maybe a, a few more shots fall just around the basket. But I don't think the looks that he creates will look that much easier throughout the rest of the year on those attempts. So I, I agree with you there. There might be some regression on both of those points where the land is going to be interesting. But yeah, I think his role is the most important thing when projecting him this year, to be honest. 
Yeah. And also, I just want to say, like, that wasn't meant as a shot at people who put him up that high. Cause, like, I do think that there are reasons to have him that high. I just probably am not there right now. Um, I think what's tough is, like, he's, he's really not much of a leaper. Um, and I think part of that is, like, what he's like six, six, nine, six, ten, like 195 pounds. Like, he's pretty light. Um, that's part of it. But I also just don't think that's going to change necessarily. Like, he's like, that's stuff that, you know, maybe you can improve on on footwork and things inside the lane. Like, I don't think that his footwork on finishing is very good right now. Um, like, it just comes off very awkward and clumsy at times. And it, uh, to 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 his credit, like, kind of like we talked about with Julian Phillips, I think he's been – he's shown some ability to grip fouls a little bit, which has been good just by virtue of being long and having the ball in his hands. Um, but also, like, I think what's difficult is that a lot of his shots are – more of the falling away, avoiding contact variety instead of just trying to go up through things. So I think that there is some room for improvement just like right there. Um, but also, I just don't know necessarily what that looks like. And then on the other hand, I think as nice as like the shooting has been, um, I've been pretty underwhelmed by what the pick and roll playmaking is right now. Like other than he had a, a nice pocket pass to, I think it was Noah Clowney on a on an empty pick and roll on the far side in the Michigan State game. Um, and I think that's the only like assist he had out of pick and roll in the two games that I saw. Um, that's not everything, but like just main, main point, like I think he's pretty solely looking to score right now. Like it's, it's the only times where he's really passing out or if he's getting walled off completely from something. Um, and I, again, like worth noting, like he's still a young ball handler, like you're learning those things. Um, but it has definitely been like in terms of actually, I just wonder what the offense looks like when he isn't shooting 49% from three, you know? Yeah. So to add on to what you said about the explosiveness, yeah, horizontally and vertically is just pretty rough. Mm -hmm. I do think, like you mentioned, he has been able to draw some fouls. I think the hope with him is, yeah, you're able to, to draw more fouls. So just get, um, some easier points at the free throw line that way. Maybe something that he can work on is, while he's not really able to like accelerate quickly or anything, playing at different place, different paces a little bit better. Even if he's still going to move slow, just switch it up a little bit. Keep the keep the defense just on their feet. Maybe can do a better job of that trying to to get into the pain and and maybe improve his footwork or use some pump fakes to get better looks there. I think those are some areas for improvement, giving his capabilities. But then on the other end, where you brought the passing. I agree that the passing hasn't looked great yet. I would say I'm not worried about it yet either, though. Yeah. I, I have seen stuff in the past as well where I, I've seen him hit some cross-court passes out of the pick and roll. So I, I, I want to see him show it more often. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's been great yet. But just, just something that I'm not worried about at the moment. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. And I think in terms of the pacing stuff, like I actually, like not that his handle is blowing me away, but I think his handle has been pretty decent, especially for his size. Like he's able to create looks and like he can get into the paint which is like it's good like he shows real stuff and like i mean he has shown some ability to snake pick and rolls and at his size like that's really impressive like i think again yes the efficacy isn't awesome right now but he is showing really encouraging stuff as a ball handler at his size so i think like that stuff is worth noting even if it hasn't been perfect yet um so i have been encouraged by that um i did you want to hit on anything else offensively yeah, I think the last thing I want to say with him is it seems like these last couple of games, teams were really trying to limit the space he would get off the catch for threes. Um, 
So I want to see how that looks the rest yeah. of the year and how he's able to adjust mm-hmm. to that. If they're going to overplay him, can he attack closeouts better? Or is he able to find some backdoors if they're going to deny him? I want to see how he adjusts to the defenses if they're going to change how they defended him early in the season. Because, yeah, they might be guarding him a couple feet behind the three-point line now if he's spotting up there if they don't really feel that he can drive past them and they don't want to give him the space to shoot. So I want to, I want to see him show improvements with that adjustment pretty much. Yeah, no, I agree. Um because I thought UConn did some really good things in terms of trying to just limit him overall and force their guards to make a lot more of the plays and decisions. Um, on the defensive end, how have you felt about him? Because I, I kind of am in the – I don't think that he's been bad defensively, but also he's – he's like I don't think that his awareness is bad or anything, but I think it's just weird because a lot of his – like just by virtue of what his archetype is, he's chasing around a lot smaller guys. And I think especially in that UConn game, there were some moments where he was getting, you know, struggling to get around screens because he's chasing Jordan Hawkins. Um, so like, how have you felt about his defense overall right now? Yeah, I'm with you there. I'm honestly in the boat where I just, I just want to see a bit more on the defensive end before going with too strong of takes there also. That's fine. Um, I have seen, I think he's been able to slide his feet at times at a decent with decent players, but nothing that is like consistent where he's consistently locking someone up. And on, on, on the off ball stuff, I thought earlier in the season, there was some concerning stuff with some off ball rotations or missing some stuff. I don't think it's been as big of a problem recently, but I, I want to take more time to, to just focus deeper on the defense, whether it's mm-hmm. going back and rewatching some games again, or just upcoming games and focus more on the defensive side of stuff with him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I feel I feel that for sure. Um, yeah, I mainly just wanted to raise the point. Like, I think that he's been like at least average defensively for me, which with the kind of player we're talking about, I think that's been really good. Um, so yeah, like I I like Brandon Miller a lot. I think again, it's just I people need to chill sometimes on how they get on Twitter. Um <laughs> as per usual. But he's he's gonna be really fun to watch this year. I think like much and obviously not the same guy as Jaden Ivy, especially in terms of explosiveness, but like in terms of watching a player kind of continue to grow and figure out who they are as a ball handler throughout the course of the year. I'm really excited to see that with him this year. Cause this Alabama team, like I think even though they had the loss to UConn, um, that game was really competitive and close until like the last I think it was like the last six minutes, UConn just like they forced every turnover. They hit every shot. It was ugly. Um, but outside that, I've been really impressed with the Alabama team. Like this defense is so much better than it was last year. And even the offense to a degree, I think the offense still has to figure out some kinks. Um, but like, and part of what I want to talk about, like their front court is a lot more versatile in a way that I think NATO it's wanted last year, but was not there. Like I liked a lot of the guys that they had. Like I liked Juwan Gary um, now at Nebraska who just – Jesus Christ, Florida State. They just got – I think Florida State <laughs> lost by 20 to a pretty average Nebraska team last we're night. Getting, we're getting to a point where we just laugh at a Florida State loss every episode now. Yeah, dude, they haven't won a game yet this year, correct? I think they're 0-7 now. I thought they won one now. No, I think that they've lost every game because they oh. lost to Siena too. They were supposed – No, they, they won one. They won one. They won oh, one. Oh, which, which game did they win? They beat Mercer by nine. Ooh. <laughs> Well, never forget the <laughs> Jabari Parker led Duke team couldn't beat Mercer. So that's something that that uh, Florida State has on them. But uh, yeah, I Noah Clowney is my second favorite prospect on this team. Like, I don't know if he's a, a one and done guy necessarily, but I really enjoyed what he brings. And I think clearly they've enjoyed what he brings too. part of it is like 
Charles Bediaco still hasn't been fully himself since coming back from injury. I think he's looked a little bit slower. Um, also, teams have just been pretty good at trying to force him to make reads, and he still isn't a great short roll decision maker yet. Um, I think he, he got into foul trouble quite a bit this this time too, um, especially in the UConn game. And I think the UConn game was like I got a little bit reckless during the Michigan State game and texted a bunch of people, including you, that I think Alabama's the best team in the SEC, and then they played a team that has players who can actually play in the post. And I was like, oh, wait, this team's terrible. Um, no, not obviously not terrible, but like, yeah, they have absolutely no ability to match up with anybody who has size and physicality in the paint. And I, they're going to get murdered by Kentucky unless they hit a million shots from outside. Um, like Noah Clowney, really fun as a weak side rim protector, uh, can move his feet quite a bit on on the on the defensive end. Um, cannot guard a post up to save his life right now. Like Donovan Klingon and Adama Sinogo just made this front court look like uh, children out there as they close that game. But again, just with Clowney, like he's fun. Like I think he can do some stuff as a driver, which I think I wish that they'd leaned into more in the UConn game. Like. They, he had a couple times where he really caught Klingon off the dribble, got to the rim, and either drew a foul or I think he had a dunk once too. Um, and then they never really went back to that. And I think it's tough because on one hand, like he's not shooting well to start the year. Like he's taking shots but not shooting well. Um, I think he makes pretty decent decisions with the ball in his hands. Um, he's, again, just like a really fun toolsy guy who I think if the shot hits is going to be somebody worth noting who as a 4-5 Um but yeah, did you have Kalani thoughts? Just I, he was somebody who I didn't have really on my radar too much coming into this year. That's really been fun for me. Yeah, with the rest of their players, I don't have any too in depth thoughts yet. I think Kalani has had some nice flashes. Same with Jaden Bradley and Rowling Griffin. Um, Bediaco was actually pretty solid in their in their big UNC game yesterday in the quadruple yeah. overtime game. Um, I think you brought up a good point about the foul trouble in the past uh, this season. The weird thing is in that game, if I remember correctly, quadruple overtime game zero people fouled out which i think so which that's that's got to be some kind of really really shocking to me but yeah um he was good in that game i was not impressed at all with mark sears in the yukon game um he looked better in the unc game but but yeah clowny bradley and griffin and miller i mean decent freshman class right and and they're all and they're and they're all getting uh minutes obviously the minutes will fluctuate throughout the year and then some aren't getting as much as Brandon Miller or no one is getting as much as Brandon Miller but yeah I think they'll get a little bit more minutes throughout the season and the, the freshman class has been promising but I don't have too many in-depth thoughts on, on the rest of the players right now I have a couple I like you mentioned with Ryan Griffin I thought he was really enticing in the UConn game he had some nice flashes um but again like he's just not playing a lot right now understandably too like he's like this, this team's trying to do a lot um but somebody I want to keep notes on because he's he's interesting. Uh, I'm just happy to see Namari Burnett playing again. Like this dude's been what he's played less than 10 games his career. And this is his fourth year in college, I think third or fourth year. Um, so I'm just happy to see him play like he's he's a legitimately very good perimeter defender. Like he is so good on the ball. He's so long. Um, I think obviously the biggest thing is going to be like, can you get more shots up? Like he's got kind of slow shot prepped. Um, like it's good when it leaves his hands, but again, it's just like actually getting more attempts up. Like I, he he can make the right plays, but he kind of needs long paths to actually get to the rim and continue ball movement. I'm getting like way too far ahead of myself, but I enjoy watching the basketball. I'm just glad that he's healthy again. Yeah. Um, 
Jaden Bradley, I think, is for large spots this year, actually been their second player, second best player. I know a lot of people probably go Mark Sears, but for me, he's probably been their most consistent guard on both ends. Like Sears and Quinterly have really struggled defensively, um, which I think was a big issue for them in the UConn game as well. Uh, like Tristan, they were losing Tristan Newton off the ball a lot. Um, they were getting, I mean, they were really struggling to get any stops at the point of attack as well. And Bradley was just kind of the most consistent playmaker, uh, facilitator and defender for them in, in all the games I caught. Um, I'm interested to see if they do move to starting him. I, again, I, I'm not sure I view him as a one and done guy, but like if he maybe gets the minutes and really thrives with it, I think it's possible, but he's just a good player. Like I would like yeah, he's to had see a couple of dumb passes, a couple of dumb yeah. passes as well. Yeah. Um, that's but... been uh, to, to give like some uh, credence to, to Quinn. I mean, he's coming off of a pretty big injury. He was really good last year. So I hope things start to even out, but like he was pretty erratic um, in the Michigan state and UConn games. Um, so it'll, it, I'm, I'm sure it'll take time to figure some things out and, you know that he's definitely more proven, so I want to see how that looks. But yeah, that's um, that's really all I got in Alabama right now. Yeah, you want to move on to? I guess we mentioned UConn a little bit. I know you've enjoyed watching them so far this year. So do you want to move on to some UConn thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk UConn. So this UConn team. Speaking of being blown away, like I thought UConn was going to be good this year. I did not think they like they. I think that's probably the team I came away most impressed with from this Thanksgiving week. Like they look to me like a, a second weekend tournament team with how good they look. Like I think Purdue as well. I think Purdue yeah. I threw up there as well, but those two teams definitely have, have looked really solid. Yeah. Also shout out to Purdue's gold jerseys yesterday. I love those <laughs> things, man. They need to wear them more often. I, I love a good Jersey. Um, yeah. UConn. I don't. So to me, like I've always liked Adama Sonogo. Um, just he's a really fun screener. He's actually like he's had some really nice passing flashes. Not anything crazy, but again, just like in terms of being able to make decisions with the ball in his hands, good stuff. Um, he's been like he looks like a national player of the year candidate right now in terms of the way that he's playing. Like statistically, the best shooter in basketball, just about shooting 50% from three. We won't talk about the volume. Uh, but yeah, he's been, I mean, like I mentioned in the Alabama game. Against like it's kind of the same thing as like what we've seen with Oscar Sheboy and Drew Timmy to a degree. Like these guys who have stuck around probably longer than expected because of NIL are just I mean, they blow up young front courts. Um, I think a lot of front courts in the big east are going to struggle with this team, uh, just given how good Sonogo is. And like I don't know, like I, I think like he's to me, he's a very fringy prospect. Like he's a good finisher. I just I'm not sure what it looks like in the NBA. The free throw shooting has gotten better. Like he can hit some uh some deeper jumpers out to like the the free throw line, which like there's good stuff there. I think that he's a more interesting defender than he gets credit for. Um, but again, like he's a little bit undersized. There's always just gonna be something there, but somebody who I think deserves a deeper dive later on in the year. Um Jordan Hawkins would like he's been like he I think he took 14 threes in the Alabama game if I remember correctly he's getting it up man like he's been probably like I was hoping I think a lot of people were hoping for the Andre Jackson jump this year that has not really happened and we can we can talk more about that but like Jordan Hawkins has legitimately been very exciting I don't know what to rate him as a prospect because he's still he's what like six four six five. He's pretty wiry. I don't think that like I think his off ball defense is a lot better than his on ball defense right now. 
Um, like he was somebody who I think Jaden Bradley, a lot of the really good drives came with Jordan Hawkins defending him. Um, but if I mean, like shooting threes on the volume he has, while also being able to make some decent plays uh, as, a, as a facilitator, like he's a decent secondary playmaker, not like a great first three guy, but um, he was really fun. And again, like if he's going to be shooting like eight or nine threes per 75, then that's somebody to definitely be excited about. And he had fun flashes last year, too. Yeah. So to add on to Sonogo and him, one thing I want to bring up with, with Sonogo and, and the Big East in general is I'm really excited for the for the Cockbender matchup. Yes. Especially because and we'll talk about Cockbender a little bit later in this pod, but especially because Cockbender struggled with Umar Balo in the post a little bit in Maui. And we saw uh, Walker Kessler struggle against Sonogo last year. That was a post, fun game. And, oh, and, and didn't that, that go one, double or triple OT? I don't remember exactly. I think, but I, I just remember watching that game early last season, and I'm like, "Oh, this is not ideal for Walker Kessler." Like he was getting scored on at will. Then the rest of the season after that, Walker Kessler's defense looked great, and yet you're not going to really find that many players who play like Sonogo or, yeah. or who are like these very post up heavy players in the NBA there are some of them still but it's just not as important anymore to defend those guys so I, I do think uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see how Cockpinner does against Sonogo just from that perspective and then for for Jordan Hawkins yeah if, if the shot if the shooting volume is like this and he's been shooting some threes off movement and all that kind of stuff he's 100% someone to keep an eye on similar to you not entirely sure where I stand on him as a prospect if I think he leaves this year or in the future, all that kind of stuff. But 100% someone to be keeping an eye on going forward. I wanted to shout out Tristan Newton, though. Tristan Newton is someone who I've been watching since his freshman year at Eastern Carolina. Um, and he, he whenever I would do BART queries back then, he would always show up. So I started watching him more. And I I, I liked him back then. The, the, the passing... There's a very intriguing combination of skills, honestly, mm-hmm. with what he could do at 6'5". The shot was never great. He's shooting a lot better this year than he has in the past. I want to see if that can continue. But just the combination of being able to pass at, at 6'5", while being able to get to the basket and finish as well, or I think he hasn't done that great of a job at it this year, but he did at Eastern Carolina. Um, on, on a good amount of usage with, with solid defensive stuff as well. So I'm I'm very intrigued to see how he does at UConn against much better competition this year. Not someone that I think is a surefire prospect or anything, but someone that is worth mentioning as well. Yeah, definitely. Like, cause he was, I mean, what did he have? 18 points in the first half against, uh, against Alabama. Um, or it might have been the. I think it was game. Oregon. Yeah, it was against. It was oh yes, because they blew the shit out of Oregon. Um, yeah, he was really good in that game, and I I agree with you. Like, I think if he shows more, if he continues to keep it together as a shooter, um, that's an interesting player. Just having size, and being able to do things like this. UConn roster is fun, and like just to dive in more, like Alex Caravan, not somebody I consider a prospect right now, but like he's he's just a good basketball player. Like he makes good decisions. Uh, he's a quality passer with size. Um, good defensively right now, like you can kind of just muck things up, um, is a good shooter. Like there's, that's an intriguing player. Uh, like I mentioned with Donovan Klingon, I like, I knew he was a highly rated guy coming in. I had only like really briefly seen him and stuff. Um, and just to be completely honest, like I never know what to think of super highly rated RSCI seven, two guys just because, but you know, by nature, like that, that can be 
uh, it depends on where they're playing, you know, but like he has really been a changeup guy off their bench that looks good. Like not again, in terms of college basketball player, like I think like eventual prospect probably um, just by virtue of being big and pretty solid. Like Alabama just had no answer for him when they started going to him. And I think a lot of teams are going to have that same issue. Like there will be teams where I think they're going to struggle to play Donovan. Um, but I thought he was just good at being big and in the right place on defense. Um, offensively, he was pretty dominant as a post player. Like, again, I think part of that was opposition. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, he's playing 15.6 minutes per game and averaging 2.3 blocks. That's pretty nice. Well, shooting 72% on two pointers. Like, I, you know, it's hard to complain about a freshman coming in and playing like that, just giving real production. Um, and then I think the guy who like popped most for me, actually, not even like, again, not as a prospect, but just like, whoa, this guy's good and doing stuff. Joey Calcaterra, like yeah. he's not going to shoot 62% for the year or 55% on three pointers, but like he's shooting threes off movement. Like he's pretty pesky as a defender, formerly at played at San Diego. Um, he's a decent secondary passer. Like he's been fun for them. Like he's been, he's been their best player off the bench. Just really fun player like th- this you you this UConn team goes um yeah so with him and and then also Caribbean and Tristan Newton all, all all three of those guys have shot over 25 threes and are all over 40 percent from three right yeah now. so we'll see if that continues but their their shooting has been a big part of their success as well I think they're shooting 37 percent from three as a team which is very nice um but yeah we should probably get into Andre Jackson before moving on yeah i've always been someone with him who has been on the skeptical side just because i don't really know where the value on offense comes from i think with these kind of players for the most part i'm always more skeptical early on and sometimes i turn the corner sometimes i don't his athleticism is so crazy and so fun to watch and i and i i can't say i enjoy watching him all the time because it, it can be brutal on offense at times but yeah i'm not really sure where he's bringing that value on offense and we're sort of at the point where it's every year is if he shoots if he shoots if he shoots and the shot I guess last year wasn't that bad but I just don't really have too much faith there just I'm I'm pretty it's tough because I don't want to be too harsh on him right I don't want to be too harsh I'm just pretty discouraged what he's shown by so far um but yeah I'll pass it on to you and I'll I'll finish all the thoughts after I just want to be too harsh on him yeah, no, I mean, it's I, I don't disagree. The defense is really fun. Like, it always has been. The running and transition stuff has been really fun. Uh, but also, like, it just doesn't feel like – I mean, part of it is he he dealt with an early injury, if I remember correctly, so he missed some yeah. time. But it also – he just feels odd on this team. Like, they had some moments where, like, he uh, – especially when Oregon went to zone where they used him to bust the zone, and I think that looked okay. Um, but for the most part, like, they just don't – he's just kind of out there on offense and they ask him to float and do like multiple things, but it just doesn't feel like there's really anything you can iron out that he's awesome at right now. Like they're running some ball screens for him and there were moments where it's been okay. Like he's good at finding lob threats. And that's like, I didn't even mention that with Kling. Kling has been a really good lob threat early on. Um, I just like, I think granted, like he's going to shoot better from the field as the year goes on. Cause I like, we just know he's better than shooting, 30 percent from the field but um he's only taking five shots per game like yeah it's and just... i was gonna bring that up and ask you 
where do you stand? Like my biggest problem with players who don't bring much on offense is their hesitancy on offense as well. If they're passing up good looks, mm-hmm. because if, if teams are going to ignore you on offense and then you get the ball and then you aren't confident in your shot or you, or you see a driving lane, but you're not going to take it and you just pass it up and hesitate that just kills the whole offensive rhythm. And then you're left with five, seven, ten 10 seconds on the shot clock to have your offense force up a shot. So that's where my biggest problem comes from with him as well is just a hesitancy at times that combined with a shot is just a recipe for not being good on offense pretty much. So that's those two things. I, I think if he were to show flashes on the shot, but not be as passive, I'd probably be more open to him as a prospect, but I'd love to see that hesitancy improve throughout the uh, season. Yeah. I think I would feel better if like, if this team was worse, if they just lean into just like, let's give Andre the ball and try and negate the fact that he's an on spacer. Like I personally am of the mindset, like I'd rather just tell him drive every time that you get the ball. Um, Cause by virtue of being extremely fast, like you're, you're going to draw fouls or you're, you're a good passer and you'll hit somebody who's open. Like um, again, not perfect, but like, I, I also think too, like, okay, well, Tristan Newton's been too good with the ball in his hands to make that decision. Like, it just it's it, it's a very weird position to be in. Yeah, and and there are times even when he does drive where I've seen him force up a bad shot because he couldn't create the most space actually, or he gets to the rim and then he's stuck in the air because he doesn't want to finish and then he has nothing to do whether he wants to pass or shoot. So just just being more confident in his decisions is probably where my biggest concern is, and and if he can improve that, I'm probably more open to him being a prospect again because there is intriguing passing and defense and athleticism, but everything else is just so concerning right now that I can't uh I, I would everyone else that we've talked about so far I've been more intrigued with by than him so far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean to just to put it bluntly, like Andre Jackson has an eight point four BPM and seven point three of that is from defense. So like that's that's not yeah that I mean that's just for people who don't really keep track of it. that's pretty rare uh yeah that's... to be fair to be fair I guess I should bring this up and and early on in herb Jones's career as well he his offense was pretty brutal his his senior year his shot did look a lot better the volume wasn't there at all but he was I mean the volume was better it wasn't high volume but he did show some flashes of shooting and people myself included still weren't sold on that. And that has sort of translated to the NBA. I think the shot has still been inconsistent in the NBA, but he's been a good player because of everything else that he brings. So I, I wouldn't rule out Andre Jackson um, being a prospect as a whole. It's just been concerning now. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that that's their biggest question to answer this year is how can we make him work more? Because what he does bring is pretty game-changing defensively, but just you know figuring everything else out is uh, is interesting. Because especially too, like considering how many quality bigs they have, like again, you have a national player of the year candidate in Amasanogo. Um, you have a guy who looks like he could be, you know, probably not Big East freshman of the year, but like an all Big East freshman team guy in Don McLean. Like, what minutes are there to just be like, okay, well, we're gonna play like five out and go really small and like have Andre Jackson as, as a short roll guy? Like that's just there's not really a lot of room to do that. So um it will be interesting to see how that gets handled. Uh who do you want to move on to now? Um where should we go? Do you want to just go to the Arkansas now? Yeah, there is a lot to talk about with Arkansas. So let's uh let's dive into Arkansas. Um this team 
is I think again interesting to important to note that Nick Smith Jr. still has not played, um, so we don't really get like the full picture of what the team looks like. The defense has been really exciting. They're twenty third in defense in the country currently, but also only two hundred and third in offense, which feels about right um, considering what it can look like at times. Um, this is one of the weirdest spacing teams of all time. Um, it's a very weird team. Uh, well, I, I'll let you start off because where do where do you want to go here? Yeah, so like you said, Nick Smith has not played yet. He should be playing very soon. I'm very interested to see how stuff looks when he gets back, and we'll go more into that when we're talking about it. I mean, I guess you can start with Anthony Black right now because you can go into that from there. I think Anthony Black, you and I have talked about it, such a fascinating prospect. There's, yeah. there's so many things to like about him, but there are also some real concerns as well. Um, I think the one thing that I've liked the most with him, and I don't think he's gotten too much recognition for it, is his feet are so quick yeah. on defense when he's defending the perimeter. He's so light on his feet. I don't want to say, oh, he's the fastest, like he has the fastest feet defending the perimeter, but I, I do think he is up there in this class. He's, he's so quick and being able to do that at his size is just so intriguing and something that he he does similar to what Okoro did on defense when he was at Auburn is when when guys even are able to get a half a step on them uh, on a drive his strength and, and his size and his speed are able to keep them from turning the corner on him whether he can he can push them off their spot and keep them off balance they can't really turn the corner on him and he also had the length to contest them as well so his defense has has really really stood out to me but i do think the offense compared from the first three games to the last few have has been an improvement as well i think he's he's really starting to come to come into his own and that's where i'm interested to see where nick smith comes because he's actually looked pretty decent on the ball recently i do think that in the first couple of games Teams are sort of giving him that Ben Simmons treatment where they're defending him from in the paint while he's at the three-point line, which was really concerning, honestly. But now that he's on the ball more and he's been able to get downhill out of some pick and rolls and use his size to finish through or over defenders, and he's actually hit a few spot-up threes as well. The the, the, the offense has actually looked all right recently, but I think a lot of it has come with the ball in his hands. And with Nick Smith coming back, how will he adjust to that? Will Nick Smith except playing off the ball a little bit more if that helps the team. I think Nick Smith can do both on and off the ball stuff. So maybe you just, when Nick Smith is on the floor, have Anthony Black run it. And and when Anthony Black's off the floor, let Nick Smith run it. Who knows? But um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot more to dive into Anthony Black. But I'll, I'll toss it over to you first. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned with the defense, like the defense is really, really good. Like he gets talked about like he's not an athlete. And no, he's not a he's not a vertical athlete like at all. Um but he's like, I don't know, he our our good friend Jake Rosen, former pod co-host of Tag the Roll, like wrote a really great article talking about like functional athleticism um being different from how it often gets talked about in the draft. And I think Anthony Black's a really good case of that because what stands out on the drafts is his strength. Like he's really good using his strength to get to his spots, even if he's not creating tons of separation. But then, like you mentioned too, he's really good at using his strength and his feet to stay in front of people on defense. Um and I think that stuff has really stood out. Uh, what is just like really hard to parse out with the offense. Um, I, one of the things I want to do is like go back and watch more of the actual half court settings. Um, 
because it feels like most of his best offensive moments are coming out of, uh, you know, getting to attack a semi-tilted defense um, or running in transition. But, like, the actual scoring craft has been pretty impressive to me. Not that I think it's, like, amazing stuff, but compared to what I thought it was going to be coming in, I have been relatively impressed. Like, I, I clipped this yesterday uh, from the Creighton game. Trey Alexander, who is a pretty good defender, obviously, like, very long, has good hands. Um gave him some issues at first in the game. And then he kind of figured him out and really started to use his strength to to beat up on him later on as the, as the game wore on. Like there was a, he caught the ball um, in the far corner on the left side of the court uh, early in the game. And Trey lets him get by and ends up stealing the ball from behind. Um, and then I think it's like eight to 10 minutes later, uh, Ant drives past him, but then, hip checks back into him and then finishes over Ryan Kalkbrenner. I'm like, that's an in-game adjustment right there. That's like really impressive stuff to see. I think what's tough is so many of the shots are coming off of touch finishes and craft finishes. Like it's like these little like kind of push shots and, and stuff around the rim. Like, I guess you could call it layups, but it's still like, it's not quite a layup. It's, it's just weird. Cause it's still very below the rim finishing. And I am weary to take too, too much from a three game sample size. But also, it has been good. Um, to to think, add on to yeah. add on to that, I I think that with the um the rim stuff as well, I'll just put some numbers out there at the rim right now. So he actually has five dunks on the season already, and I think this is a good example of of the touch shots that I brought up earlier. Actually, mm-hmm. where how how dunks can skew the numbers pretty easily. Um, this year. Total percentage around the rim, 61.3%. But if you look at the touch shots that I mentioned earlier, he's down to 44% actually. So I think that's just a good example of, of it doesn't have to always be big. He gets a lot of dunks. And I will reference this a lot. I think Trevon Brazil is another guy. This will fall under. But just looking at their percentages, one talking about touch. And like I said before, this isn't to mean that it's not good to have dunks or easy buckets around the rim. It's just... If we're using touch as an indicator, I think it's good to exclude the dunks because those aren't the touch indicators. Definitely. But when you brought up with um, the, the baseline drive against Trey Alexander, something that he's done well, I think he's done really good with his angles and how he yeah. is trying to get to the basket as well. Yeah, no, I really like that point. Like he doesn't really waste any space, which I appreciate. Um, and he's been just good at that. Uh, I think where my, not even that it's a problem, but like I just don't know what to make of his passing yet. Like, I think that his passing is fine, uh, but it's not anything that blows me away, um, which that seems harsh. Like, I think he's a lot better playing in transition as a passer than he is in making half-court passes. Like, I think he's very much somebody who will – and this is something you tweeted about, and this is not – like, I think Ant is a pretty high-fuel player. Um, but, like, you you tweeted about how just in general it doesn't feel like there's a quote-unquote, like, whiz kid in this class like we've had in past ones. And I think that really stands out because if you think about it, like Ant Black, probably outside of the top four or five guys, is like one of the higher fuel prospects in the class. And even then, like I think this is not meant to sound disparaging, but like I think he's like just pretty slightly above average as a playmaker at his size. Like I don't. Yeah, I'd probably give him a little more credit than that, but I do agree with the general point. Like like you said that I brought up is this class doesn't really have like a lot of these players. I don't think it's a problem for him. But a lot of these players, I, I find myself questioning their off-ball 
defense and their rotations or their on like are their offensive decision making and their processing of of how the defense is defending and, and yeah I don't think he falls under this category but it does feel like we have a lot more of those questions this year um than we have in the past but to go on to your point of his passing I I've actually liked it um I think that he has shown a variety of passes whether it's dump off passes when he's gotten to the into the paint or he has had some skip passes and some kickouts I think he has done a little bit of defensive manipulation as well. So I, I'm pretty optimistic or encouraged with the passing that I've seen so far. Um, not that I think it's special or anything. I, I, yeah. I, I yeah, I would say I think I, I just mean it's more in the lines of good, not great. Like, that's and maybe that's, I think part of it's probably what his scoring gravity is right now. Like, he's not getting, like you mentioned, even, even with, um, how he started early in the game against Creighton, like, he didn't really get defended, like, this massive score so it's i don't know i, I maybe I, i'm probably sounding like overly harsh with it and nitpicking it like he's been very good it's just like i it's really interesting to think about what he looks like at the next level because that's going to be one of my hardest evals i feel like because right now i just i mean the what i think three of the six threes he's, he he hit this year were in that first half against louisville if i remember correctly um yes i think so i'm not 100 percent there but I, I wanted to, to bring up as well with him. I He's actually very small sample size here, but four for 11 on catch and shoot three. So 36%. I, like I brought up earlier, I, I said I wanted to see him on the ball more with Nick Smith coming back. But mm-hmm. I actually do, like from an evaluation standpoint, I do want to see him off the ball a little bit as well yeah. to see how he's able to attack defenses that way or punish defenses or sagging off of him. So, so yeah, I mean, from Arkansas's perspective, maybe it is best for them to have him on the ball, but from an evaluation perspective, it's obviously we want to see both because yeah, he odds are when he's on an NBA team, he most likely won't be the best player on the floor. So being able to play off the ball is really, really important. Yeah. No, 100%. Um, did you have anything else you want to hit on with him before we move to our next guy? Um, yeah, I mean, where do you stand on the defense? I know you talked a little bit about the, um, perimeter defense as well with me, but where, where do you stand on the off ball defense? I think it's good. Like I, I, again, I don't think that he's going to be like a guy who can blow up shots at the rim or anything, but like, he's again, just really good moving his feet, sniffing things out, seeing where to be. Um, I think he's a really good defender. I like what he brings on that end a lot. I, again, like I think just the overall packages stuff that I'm really excited about, it's just, uh, can he shoot is going to be really important. Um, especially, well, I guess I don't know. Like, again, we're six games in, so I don't want to be overly critical, but it's just like it, it a lot tends to become like, well, okay, what level of shoot is this guy actually at to outweigh some of the, um, I mean, like, is, is there enough there to warrant like any more of it? So it'll be interesting. Um, but yeah. I, no, I've, I've really liked him. I think he's, he's been very good defensively for me. Yeah. I, I agree with the defense. I think that's really good. He is going to be one of the more interesting evals this year because of how good the defense is with the questions on offense. I do think that he has been, or I do think he's like a better offensive prospect than Okoro was. But yeah, my, my stuff in the past has always been, and you know, like I, I was skeptical of Okoro because of the offense mm-hmm. and, and some of these other guys who don't really have much on offense. And, and we'll talk about that in this pod and we will talk, talk about it in the future. But yeah, I, I have been encouraged with the offense with him the last few games. 
but we're still so early. And the first three games were so concerning as well with him. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see where it goes, but I, I've really enjoyed watching him play so far. That makes two of us. Uh, well, let's talk about Jordan Walsh now. Um, Cause I think for me, uh, well, I, I love Jordan Walsh. I'm biased because I watched a ton of link last year and I really, I enjoyed watching his EYBL stuff too. He's in a very weird spot now just because of by virtue of Ant getting the ball a bunch and it working like he's in a very odd role for him. Like, I think that's what I've felt most in watching the offense is like, I don't like not that I think Jordan's been bad, but I think it's just been like, well, you're kind of like the third or fourth wheel here. So play off the ball and figure it out. Um, I do want to say like the defense, it's been cool because there were especially like like I thought it was different at Link, but at UIBL, like Jordan could really like take plays off defensively. Might be the wrong way. To, well, that was the wrong way. To put it. Like there were games where like you could tell like he was still doing the right things, but he wasn't like fully engaged and locked in. I think defensively, like he's I mean, he's been better than Ant for me defensively and what he's done. Like, especially on the ball, like his on the ball defense. I'm still hot that that got called a <laughs> foul against one? Arthur Kuluma. Yeah. He he made Arthur Kuluma have nightmares in that game. He was awesome on Kuluma. Um, but yeah, I mean, how have you felt about Jordan so far? Yeah, so on the defensive point of him versus Ant, I'm I'm not sure if I'm there with you yet. It, it's it's a close one. Yeah, I think that the thing with with Jordan Walsh as a whole, not just on defense, is like you said with with the ball working with Anthony Black, he sort of just seems out there a lot of the time, honestly, and. He has those nice, like, strong drives, or he has those nice defensive possessions as well. But besides that, he just, like you said, he's just third, fourth option out there, just sort of out there. And it sort of sucks for him because they go to Brazil in front of him. They'll go to Ricky Council before him. They go to Anthony Black before him. So he's not really doing much on offense besides a couple of, what, spot-up shots or getting to the paint for some... um mid-range shots there was that one play though where I, f- I forgot he had like a drive where he he i think he missed a dunk at the end but he just drove right through someone i'm trying to remember what game it was yeah that was it i think that was in the crane game because that was <laughs> yeah. nice <laughs> yeah I didn't know that. That, that, that one i'm like okay that, that's interesting but yeah i, I want to see him get more of an opportunity to do stuff on offense but i also don't think that's going to come just yeah. from how it looks so i'm I've had a tough time with my evaluation of him so far. I'm not all that enthused from what I've seen, even though the flashes are cool. But there's just there's just such limited usage with him to really get too excited. Yeah, I feel like they kind of need to figure that out because I part of why I was like really just like I like this Arkansas team, what they can be, and I again I think like he's been good in his role and what he's been asked to do, um, but like. I mean, it's part of why I really didn't understand them bringing him and Ant Black in. Because I was like, how are you going to make both these guys work together when, in theory, you kind of want both of them to do the same things? Like, it's just been weird. I I don't love it. Like, again, like, it's it's stuff that I hope that they figure out throughout the year. Like, maybe they try and give Jordan more bench reps. But again, like, they have guards who are doing more of that. Like, Devo Davis has been carrying more of the bench lineups. And I'm sure with Nick coming back, that will change things, too. So it's just, it's very odd. Um yeah, with Nick coming back, I'm I'm expecting them to 
because rookie council has been doing a lot right now. And I think he will yeah. scale back a little bit, but when Nick's on the bench, they'll probably just go to Ricky or Anthony black over Jordan Walsh anyway. So I, I think with Walsh um, on the offensive side of things, it, it's, it is still important to see him in this off, like all, in this kind of setting. Um, but yeah, he's someone who probably pre-college film is going to be quite important for. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be pretty important for him. Just, just how things look so far. Definitely. Um, do you want to talk about Trevin Brazil really quick? Yeah, uh, you can start off though, but yeah, I, I definitely have some thoughts. I, so I, th- I think I know where you're going with this because of the <laughs> poll you put out recently. Um, yeah, I think he's, he's interesting. He's really productive. Like he moves his feet pretty well on defense. Um, I like he blocks shots from time to time and he's like, he like makes things happen, but I think he's been not very good in drop defense, especially in that Creighton game. I thought he struggled quite a bit in drop um, on offense. I think a lot's going to depend on what his, his shooting is from three. Cause he's shooting really well from three right now, but it's early in the year. So I don't know entirely what to think of that. Um, like he's been, again, he's been good. I just, I don't know from a prospect standpoint that I'm that crazy enthused right now. Um, like, wh- I mean, how would you view him as a prospect right now? Because I don't think that he makes awesome decisions. Uh, like, I think that, like, he's fine moving the ball, but I, I don't know. Like, a, a lot has been, I don't know. Where Where are you at with with Trevor Brazil? Yeah, I'm I'm underwhelmed for the most part as from a prospect perspective, but that's all relative to to how people are discussing him as well. To be honest, like like you said, I put out a poll recently for those who didn't get to see it. Just a, a poll of where people view him as a prospect. And I, I had 200 votes, more than half of those. So over 100 votes went for as a 16 to 30 range. So like a back half of the first round, which is just too high for me at the moment. I get the appeal, but I think that's just not what he's at right now. And if you want to do some projections, sure. I asked people why they had him that high and it all made sense. It's they buy the shot. Um, they They think his athleticism on defense helps enough and he's a play finisher but my 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 argument to that is i'm a little bit lower on the shot i'm open to buying the shot i'm just a little bit lower on it now so i'll i'll leave that to the side but on defense i'm honestly like i mentioned about the off-ball defense with all the players i'm pretty concerned with his off-ball defense i don't think his decision making there and his rotations have been great um and then when you get him switched onto perimeter players, I think he's been pretty inconsistent with that as well. I do think his mobility for his size is quite intriguing, but I think you'd rather see more consistencies from a player if that's going to be the sell for them as a first round prospect. And that's pretty much where I stand, especially because I don't think the touch is that good either. I think he is really athletic and he is a good play finisher with lobs. But when he catches the ball on the floor and has to finish it with a, with a hook or anything like that, I'm not that confident in that either. So I want to see all of those improve. Still think he's a prospect 100%. Mm. But I have a question for you. And, and and this might, when I look at it from this lens going forward, it might change how I view him as a prospect. But what do you think about, instead of viewing him as this kind of play finisher big who who, who has to like, defend the pick and roll and, and play as a rim protector or anything but like what about as a wing and, and that's not what he's going to get the chance to play at arkansas but if you project him into a wing kind of role i i have some concerns with the offense because you actually have to be able to provide more on offense if you're in that kind of role but i think that might if you can put on some strength help on the defensive end 
Yeah, no, I kind of see that. I think especially like offensively, he has like, I, I think that especially like attacking off drives, I think that there's some stuff there that um, is, is enticing. Um, And the finishing is really good. So it's just, again, like I think a lot more would be like the shot really has to pop. But I think I view him more as a four than like a more of like a big prospect. So, um, yeah, no, I think th- like that definitely makes a difference. Yeah, so. I think that's the interesting way to view him. But yeah, there's just a lot that I want to see him improve on. But I mean, when you have a shot that has potential with that athleticism and that size and that movement ability, you have an intriguing prospect. Um, but yeah, there, there still are some concerns with him. Definitely. Um, did we need to talk? I mean, do you want to talk about rookie council? Yeah, we, we sort of mentioned his finishing in the past. Um, just because of how I just said how his finishing in that one game was just truly ridiculous. Yeah. I, I think that his shot is just so it's not good, unfortunately. It's very and bad. Yeah. Yes. If 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 I was more confident in his in his shot, I think he'd actually be a pretty intriguing prospect because um I think the passing for his his size slash role. I don't think he's going to be some on on ball guy, um, which is what he's been playing recently because Nick Smith is out. But I think when he scales back a little bit, I think his passing is actually pretty solid. I think that really good finisher, really good in transition, crazy athletic. One thing that I wish he did better was he's not really a good rebounder, and he has decent size and decent athleticism. Like uh, I would have loved if he could rebound like Nate Hinton, like that. That that would be. So fun, but if you could, re- oh my god, that would be. I mean, that's that's a first round prospect. Jesus Christ, uh, yeah, but, um, awesome. but but yeah, the, the the shot, unfortunately for me, is a bit too concerning right now. Yeah, um, to really get too excited about him, even though I do really enjoy watching him. Um, he he does look all right on some mid range pull ups. Still don't think the the form it, it doesn't look good, but the like the results have been all right for them. Um, especially because they they needed him to step up with scoring, but yeah, the the, the shooting is just is just pretty rough. And he has those games where what he just went, what was it like three for seven against Louisville? I think it was, and I think in that game or maybe it was the Creighton game. I can't remember which one, but he had like two or three made threes. But he also had like two or three air balls in the same game as well, right? So I just his misses are pretty bad, and that's also a thing that's concerning. I think because sometimes like yeah, shooters can miss short, long, but I think when you just are, are totally off, it's not a good thing for your shooting projections. So yeah, the good prospect. Or I wouldn't say good prospect, but he is a prospect. But the the, the shot is something that um, needs to to work out. Definitely, yeah, because the finishing like it. It has remained pretty unreal. <laughs> like he's so good attacking the rim and just willing the ball into the basket. It's been very fun to watch. Um, I don't really have anything to add on top of that. Uh, I think more mainly like Arkansas just remains like one of the teams that I think anybody watching the draft is going to have to keep up with all year because they are fascinating. Um, so before we move on, actually, just Arkansas as a whole, because we talked about how it was going to be interesting to watch them and how their players play together and everything. Mm-hmm. Where we haven't seen Nick Smith come back yet, obviously, but where yeah. do you stand on them right now from what you've seen and then project Nick filling in? Like, I'm actually pretty optimistic that they can figure things out as a team from what I've seen so far. Yeah, I think, I mean, I actually kind of like their depth. 
I, I think both the Mitchell brothers have been pretty solid this year. Like, like Makai's played more, obviously, but um, especially when you add Nick back, I mean, that's you have like seven or eight pretty solid, uh, like a, a very better than solid seven through eight because the top top five is so good. Um, like, yeah, no, I I like this team a lot. I think that uh, I still. Uh, like as good as the defense has been, I think that there's we saw some like cracks, especially against Creighton, that I want to see get improved on. Um, but no, I still like. I, I mean, this team could make the Final Four, but I, I just, I think it's just hard to buy into a team that is primarily freshman because we've maybe yes. I'm like maybe I'm I'm just like too too biased from all the teams that I've seen over the last ten years that have like struggled as primarily freshmen. But like, I would feel different if they had. Like I know Ricky is is technically an upperclassman, but like I don't know. Like even the the Jalil Okafor Duke team had Tyus Jones. Like it's yeah, just no, it's, I agree it's with different, that. you know. Like and, and, I, and like we said, with filling Nick in, it doesn't move Anthony Black off the ball. So maybe that obviously Nick's a great player and he should help the team, but maybe that does hurt some effectiveness with Anthony Black. So definitely, we'll be something to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, and in the tournament. A lot of experience helps, and but good good guard play is also very big in the tournament as well. Which they and they have in. good guard play, no. which is going to be important. Right. Well, speaking of another team that has good guard play that they played against Creighton, uh, I have not gotten to watch the Arizona game yet, which I'm excited to. Uh, but I have watched most of Creighton's games, so I am I'm I'm I'm, I'm amped to dive in here. Um, this team. Has been I don't know why my voice just cracked so bad, but like speaking on depth, like their top five, I think they have the best top five in the country. Yeah, like I, I, I would I said that. I think yeah. I, I'm with you 100. I yeah. think that they have the best starting five in the country, if not the best top three, confidently top five. Like I'm I'm confident saying that. Um, I know where you're gonna go with this, so I'm just gonna take it from you. But yeah, the the depth after depth the, not so much. Yeah, <laughs> the depth after the starting five is quite concerning, and that is has been a problem in their in their games and will probably be their biggest weakness come the tournament but if they play extended minutes in the tournament and are like healthy they are good enough to win it all definitely i i agree and i think especially too like before we even talk about ryan calcbrenner like ryan nemhard is awesome i love watching ryan nemhard play it's so like you see so many of the single similarities that he and andrew have and how they play basketball um and the just growth that he's seen as a shooter. Like he's shooting 42% from three. I don't think that's going to hold up the entire year, but like he's more confident. He's been a little bit better with it. He's a little bit more confident inside the arc too. He's just been really good. Like he was very good in the Arkansas game. There's a big reason why they ended up winning that game. Maui in general. Maui in general, because he didn't have in the first four games, not one game in double digit scoring. Then he goes to Maui and drops 16, 25 and 20. And that's where pretty much all those, a good majority of those threes came from, like you said, he's shooting 43% from three. But just his his offensive approach and his confidence in Maui was just very, very nice to see. And if he is playing at that level, that just makes this team so much more dangerous. Yeah, no, I agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, do you want to talk about Arthur Kaluma really quick? Because I know Calcrenner is who we probably have the most to talk about. But Yeah, so Kaluma is someone where I've been mostly underwhelmed with this season as well. Same. I think that the flashes are still intriguing, but he just 
he probably has been from like a, a team winning perspective, just has, he's been their worst starter just in terms of college, like impactfulness. Um, but from a, from a positive perspective, I don't really think he's improved in too many areas. I, I think his, his FIBA tape when he was playing over the summer, he showed a little bit more of a, a better handle. And I think we have seen that a little bit here, but I don't really think it's helped him create that much of better looks. He still has decent footwork or pump fix when he gets to the rim, but he's still not creating better looks, like I said. And the shot hasn't looked much better either. Um, defense has been pretty hit or miss. I think with him, he's just... A lot of people had that first round hope for him this year. And I think some people even try to say top 20. Maybe that was just more of the extreme upper end. But he's looking more like a, a mid-second guy right now, or even just someone who's going to head back to school. Where do you stand right now? Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. I, the way that I put it, he's probably a guy who, if he left this year, I, I'd assume that the shot's going to fall better as the year goes on. I could be wrong in that assumption, but, um, like I think he's a guy who will end up getting drafted higher just by virtue of flashes and being yeah. and, and having size. And that's not meant as a detriment to him, but I think it's it's tough because, like we mentioned earlier, like Jordan Walsh ate him alive in that game. Um, I I agree that his handle is better than it was last year. But I think it's almost to his detriment because what he really needs to be better is as a shooter so he can use his handle. And I got so annoyed watching that game because Jay Billis kept talking about like, oh, I think he has the best shot fake in basketball. I'm like, but he needs to fucking shoot the ball. Like there, like I wrote my notes like four or five times in this game. Arthur shoot the ball like that. He's coming off of a set that is designed for him to shoot. Or like I think the play that I'm thinking of was, uh, um. He was coming up off of a off of a pin down and then came back uh with Kalkbrenner to set a pair of drag screens for, for Ryan Nemhard and then flared off of that into the into the into the slot to shoot and had like five or six feet of space and checked out of it and drove. And like I on one hand is like I get wanting to work on your drives, but on the other hand, you have to shoot those shots. It's like he's somebody who I think needs to be taking six or seven threes a game. It doesn't need to be down at three and a half. And I think part of what would make it like I I'm not I don't know if that would necessarily drive his percentages up, but I do think it would make him better as a player. Um yeah, so going to Maui, first of all, turnovers were a huge problem in Maui. Texas Tech and Arkansas, both of their defenses, he just could not do anything against them. Struggled to create great space. Uh struggled to create great space. And when he did try to make something happen, he get doubled and he could not make the right decision to do that. Right. He he just did not understand how to put the defense apart and and that's why texas tech and arkansas both are fun to watch prospects go against how are they how are they processing those kind of defenses and then the arizona game arizona's game plan was pretty much to not let baylor shireman get the ball and shoot and really like not like i don't want to say this they pretty much were saying cockbrenner if you want to take the three to the top of the key that's fine we're going to take away the paint and we're not going to let Shireman shoot. So a lot of it was okay. We're gonna lose to Kaluma or Cockbrenner making threes, and Kaluma just wasn't really able to punish Arizona at all for them trying to be like, okay, you have to beat our defense because we don't trust you the most. So I I really was discouraged by his performance in Maui, um, and and it's fun because Texas Tech and Arkansas defended him similarly, but Arizona was so different, and he struggled yeah. against all three of them. That's. It's interesting. I'm I'm excited to watch the Arizona game because I have that downloaded to watch later. But 
Um, and this is not to be overly harsh to Arthur. Like I, I am, yeah. I'm hopeful that we'll see some improvement throughout the year because we saw it happen last year too. Um, and I still think he's a fun prospect, but it's just you know the level is going to be interesting to see where he gets to. Um, I so what's funny is like I think all five guys in the starting lineup are prospects to me. Like I wanted yeah. to ask you about Trey Alexander actually because he's funky because like a the defense is really fun. He's at a weird spot where I think he's probably better guarding down than he is guarding up, um, which I think is going to be a little bit of a detriment to him. Um, and I wonder if that can improve because like even even though he's six four, he has a really long wingspan. Like he's he looks like he's plus four or plus five. Um, but like I mentioned earlier, I think he struggled quite a bit with guarding Anthony Black, especially once Ant was like leaning a lot more into trying to do some of his contact finishing. Um, but the offense has been very fun. Like, again, somebody I want to see get more threes up. Um, but his finishing inside the arc has been really good. I think what's tough, though, and I wrote this down in my notes, like so many of his finishes, and I don't even think it's that he can't get to the rim, but a lot of his finishes right now are very tough finishes. Like, <laughs> he's like, okay, well, I'm going to take this fading bank shot from eight feet. And like, yeah. oh, it went in, cool. And I'm like, okay, this is Nice that it's going in and you're shooting 65% on twos right now, but I don't know that you can do that for an 82-game season. So how confident are you in him actually like getting into the paint more and, and trying to finish at the rim more? I don't I wouldn't say I'm that confident in that in that aspect yeah. of it, but I do want to say I do think he definitely is a prospect. Um I, I agree that all five of them are prospects. His defense is a lot of fun. The, the the problem with and like you mentioned, better defending down than 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 up is a lot of these like six four players, right? And and it goes yeah. back to funny enough, Tyson Alexander with Creighton also. Um, <laughs> these players, it's just tough to defend up. And I, I wrote about that with Matthew Morell this year, and I think that's even been a problem with KCP in the NBA. Is and he he has another extra inch on them. Is just these these guys who are six 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 seven six eight. They can just shoot right over you, and sometimes they even have more strength than you, like you brought up. So it's it's really tough to actually contest their shots unless you are like a very strong physical six four guard who doesn't really let them create space. Um, so that's always a problem with these kind of players because at six four, um, you're you're most likely going to be defending. I mean, they're not most likely going to be defending the wings, but. It should be nice, like if you if you're like a, a wing defender, that's that's your rep. And if you have like an extra inch or two, just being able to contest those shots. You see so many guys like obviously Kawhi can shoot over a lot of people when he has a strength, but like when KCP is defending him, it's just like KCP's hand's not even there, right? KCP is a really good defender and he just shoots right over him. But for Trey Alexander as a whole, those those mid range shots that he's making right now, it seems pretty unsustainable yeah. to be this good. All I mean, hey, it'd be cool if he does though. Like, um, I do like his touch. Like, I think his touch has been pretty good. Um, yeah, no, his touch is good. Defense is good on the perimeter, even though he has that that height concern that I brought up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the shot has looked good as well from three. But where do you stand? Like, do you think the shot from three is good enough? Um, cause I think you and I both agree, like he, he does have some nice passes as well, but he's probably not an on ball player. Yeah. So he can attack closeouts and get to his mid range. Maybe he can do a better job of getting to the rim attacking closeouts. But do you think like his offensive skill set is good enough for him to just be a guard defender? Cause like we both just said, he's probably not going to be able to defend wings. 
Uh, I think it has to be like he has to be a, a much better shooter on volume. Not even, like I mean, not even as a bad shooter, but like I don't like forty five percent on two point nine attempts per game is not forty five percent to me. Like that's just not the same impact because you're not doing it in the same way. Like if you're like again, like it's just you. You got. I need to see him shoot a lot more. Um, is kind of where I'm at on him. But I am really interested in him. Like, yeah, he stepped up last year when when Nemhard when Nemhard got hurt last year as well. Like all of the end of February, I think, and March, Trey Alexander looked pretty good, which is why I was pretty excited to to watch him this year. And I think he has led up to those expectations this year mm-hmm. as well. Where like I think he went from not being recognized as a prospect to being recognized as a prospect. That's where he is now. But how good of a prospect is he? I don't think he's that good of a prospect yet, but he still deserves a recognition. Definitely. Um, well, yeah, let's talk about Baylor Shireman really quick because I think I was watching him yesterday and I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, this guy is like actually a prospect. Like the yeah. shooting is nuts at his size. Like he was taking like damn near logo pull-ups, uh, off drag screens. Um, like the stuff he's doing is, uh, it's been so fun. And like, and th- even then, like he's really good with like his just footwork in the paint and creating angles and, and moving the ball. I think his assist numbers right now really undersell how good of a passer he is. Like he's really good as an off the dribble playmaker and just finding cutters or finding anybody who's sitting in the dunker spot, just moving the ball correctly. Um, and he has like finishing touch on the interior. I think it obviously would go away to a degree in the NBA when you're playing against better interior defenders and just more sizable opposition. Um, but by virtue of how good of a shooter he is right now, um, I mean, he is a prospect. So, but I mean, where are you at with him? Because I haven't been it, like that's part. Of, that's part of why I want to bring him up because I think this was the first time I watched him. Like, oh, you know, I think he actually is kind of a prospect. Yeah, Shireman has been someone who has his his shooting has popped ever since like South Dakota State a couple of years ago. He was he, he's just an unreal shooter. Um, and and in my database that I put together for shoot NBA shooting last year, he shot forty nine point one percent on nba threes 53 for 108 like this unreal i've gone back to the last three full college seasons um for for draft prospects because i had i think he is a draft prospect um only three players have only three players over six three have attempted at least 100 nba threes while shooting at least 40 percent from above the break and the corners it's baylor shireman Corey kispert and cole swider so like he is unreal shooter he has unreal range you see logo threes from him and all that stuff i do think where his flaws as a prospect comes from and i think that showed last year in the tournament is he does struggle with physicality when he's on the ball i'm pretty i agree with you 100 that his passing is actually really really good but i'm pretty pessimistic in the sense that i don't think he's going to be some on ball kind of player at the oh next yeah level. I but i actually think that Creighton is a perfect spot for him because of that, because he isn't in that role anymore where he was in that role before. Now he's able to play off of Nemhard and play off of Trey Alexander and they even go to Kaluma at times. And and he's there just being this off-ball shooting guy at a ridiculously efficient, he's a ridiculously efficient shooter. And that's where the intrigue comes from, in my opinion, because if he can add that with getting a little bit better attacking closeouts and and then he can leverage his passing more. And I still think the defense is a little bit concerning and there's still a lot of concerns. 
But when you have a shooter that size, that good at shooting, you're always going to catch someone's attention. And he's actually, like you said, really good passer. He's a good rebounder. He's a smart player. But yeah, the, the, the physicality stuff is where I have some concerns. So mm. is he going to be able to develop into more of a movement shooter where like someone where he can maybe churn midair, like catch the ball and go straight into a shot instead of spotting it from the logo? I want to see that improve more, maybe. Yeah, no, I agree. Like he is doing some stuff off of him, but I think like yeah. talking about like to the degree where it's like crazy having to defend him, like somebody that you have to always guard. I think like I'm I'm there with you too. Um, I just worth noting too, and this is not meant as like a shot at this guy, but like Mitch Ballack got a cup of coffee in the NBA, and I would consider Shireman quite a bit better as a prospect. Um, so I I, I just worth noting. Um. Yeah, just no, I, I, he's one of the he he is one of the best, if not the best shooter, like in college basketball right now. It's just it's it's pretty unreal. Um, just the the range. I actually haven't checked where he's at on NBA range this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, close to fifty percent on NBA threes last year. Forty six percent from the season as a whole. Already at forty four percent this year. Was forty four percent his sophomore year. Like. He's been consistently above 44% from three, um, which is, is pretty ridiculous. You don't see that often, if at all. Yeah, pretty much never. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I think that leads into talking about Ryan Kalkbrenner now. I will let you lead off because he's your guy. So go ahead. Yeah, so Kalkbrenner, I think, well, first of all, he did get hurt in the Arkansas game, right? I mm -hmm. think it was. In the first half of the Arkansas game, he got hurt, hurt his ankle with a couple minutes in there. So I never really know like if that was really affecting him afterwards or not. But Texas Tech game, in the first half of Texas Tech, and maybe even the first half of Arkansas, he was so dominant on defense. Even when he wasn't blocking shots, you could see guards or anyone who was attacking the basket, see he was there. He would like this deter them and he, they would pass it out instead of even looking to shoot just straight up dominant there. And then Arizona, I think was a little bit tougher for him on defense with Barlow just hitting him into the post over and over and over and over again and scoring through and over him. That was a little bit concerning, but the off ball defense as a rim protector with him when he's not having to defend the post is, is so so good and he this season as a whole he's been such a good play finisher he's shooting 80 percent on twos right now um i think there was a time where he had made 20 field goals in a row which included a couple threes as well until he finally missed a three but yeah the 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 problem with him and i, I think it's something that we brought it up before is when you're a big and you're projecting shooting right if you're only going to shoot one or two threes a game, a defense should not really alter how they're defending you. Just keep mm -hmm. your bake in the paint or around the rim. Don't have them away from the basket because they can still contest shots at the rim. And that is exactly what Arizona did against Creighton. They pretty much said, okay, we're going to give you open threes. And, and Kalkbrenner is a capable shooter. He has made multiple threes this year, but he does not take more than one or two threes in a game. So cool. Even if he went two for two from three, Arizona's like, okay, we'll give you that. We want to protect the rim. Um, and that really affected Creighton's offense because Cockbrenner was not shooting the open threes. 
he he ended up after like five or ten minutes of passing up threes, he ended up taking one and, and he made one, he took one again and he missed. Um but that's the problem with, with bigs as shooters is if you're not bringing the volume, you're not really altering the defense and you're not actually spacing the floor, right? You could be capable of making a three. doesn't mean you're spacing the floor. You have to bring the volume. And I think when people want to question if that makes sense or not, or if they can't understand that, I honestly say Creighton, Arizona is the perfect game to understand that kind of concept. Yeah. No, again, that's a game I really need to watch because I'm excited to see that. And mainly too, Dude, where the fuck did this version of Omar Balo come from? Uh, I, I am, I've, uh, I'm blown away, honestly. Like, I, there's so much about his offense has improved from last year. The touch is better. The footwork's better. Even he's making quicker decisions, like, with his passing when he gets the ball. It's, last year with Arizona, he was more of a good bench big against, like, bad teams or whatever. And mm-hmm. now he's just dominating some of the best bigs in the country pretty much and i want to see where that ends up going throughout the rest of the season and i still think there are some defensive concerns i think (laughs) creighton ran five or six pick and rolls at him in the first minute or two of the game um so i do think that there is some questions on defense for him as well but in terms of just arizona's offense i think he has been huge for them combined with Krisa in those last couple games as well was attacking the basket so much more. So those two just stepping up big time on offense, I think has helped to Bellis on offense as a whole as well. And it's it's crazy to think that there's a chance that Arizona's offense might be better this year than it was last year when they lost Mather and Coloco and, and, and Terry, which I wouldn't say Dylan Terry brought that much to the offense, but Coloco as a play finisher with catching lobs at least. Um, Balo is better when he catches on the ground now, but losing Matherin and possibly being better on offense is, is pretty ridiculous to think about. Yeah, no, I, I honestly could not agree more. It is pretty, pretty damn cool to think about. Um, yeah, I'm excited to dive into more of Arizona, but just getting back to the Kalkbrenner, um, his obviously like he's not Brooke Lopez, but like, I think very similar in terms of the way that you're looking at him as a rim protector and, and drop defender in general, like. Um, he's really good at getting vertical without necessarily even having to leave his feet. Um, he barely fouls. He he yeah. he very very rarely gets in foul trouble, and that's it's so impressive because of how good a burn protector he is. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it's very legit. How do, I do want to ask though, because I think the defense to me, like I don't really question the defense. Like I think yes, you're always going to be like, well, what if somebody drags him out on a switch? I think you're always going to have that as a question with a dominant rim protector, but I think that has inherent flaws within it. Um, but on the offensive end, how do you feel about him? Because I know, like, yes, he's insanely efficient right now. I honestly feel like he needs to take more attempts sometimes, and it's not just the jump shooting. Like, I think, like, there are opportunities where he'll, like, I think he overpasses the ball sometimes when he's, especially off offensive boards. Like, Mainly off offensive boards, I want to see him go right back up with it. And I think, like, especially in the game against uh, against Arkansas, um, I don't remember who he kicked it out to. It ended up being a miss. But, like, it's – like, I think it's good process stuff. But, like, I would rather see him actually go for it and be a little bit more aggressive. So, I think his physicality and aggressive ag- aggression has been a concern with him. That's actually what I wrote about as well. Um, so, I don't disagree there. But I also think that – 
there has been times where he has tried to force up a shot with someone defending him where it hasn't gone that well as well. So I don't really mm-hmm. blame him too much either. I think he actually has nice touch. One thing that I wish we saw more of him, and which what I was hoping to see more of him this year, is catch the ball in the short roll. He's mostly always just catching the ball when he's already at the rim. But I actually am pretty optimistic about his passing. I think he actually can make quick decisions on the short roll. I'd love to see that shown a little bit more and then see them experiment with it because that might even open up more for their offense. Um, but yeah, in terms of you wanting him to shoot more, I, I definitely want him to shoot more threes, which I know you said it wasn't just that. But in terms of around the basket, I, I think he has tried to force some at times and it hasn't always worked out well. So I don't really have too much of a complaint there. Okay, that's fair. How do you feel about like if he gets a post-up opportunity? Um, like where are you at with him right now on that? Like if he's got a seal on on like let's say there's a switch, how do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I, I think he's fine there. Okay, cool. I just uh, if, check. if he has like a bigger, stronger player on him, I don't think he's going to create like be able to back them down or anything. But if he has like a mismatch and he's sealing them off, I have full confidence in him being able to take advantage of that. Okay, good. I agree. Um, I'm trying to think where we need to go next. Um, hold on a second. I'm opening the Google Doc in. Well, are you good talking about Creighton? I think we're done on Creighton. Yeah, we we talked about everyone. Um, the only thing that I, I want to oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, um, in the in the Arizona game, Mason Miller was able to do some stuff off the bench. Um, just was able to hit shots. It wasn't much more than just hitting threes, but it was that's something. Yeah, like we talked about their depth as well. So if they can just get him to be a little bit more consistent coming off the bench and come off the bench, play 10 minutes and make two threes, that would help them so much. Definitely. Um, well, yes, I'm hopeful to see that happen because uh, they need it. Um, well, yeah, last person that I want to talk about is Kalel Ware from, from Oregon. Oregon is weird. I think Oregon has like the most confusing roster in in college basketball, at least in high majors for me right now. Um, like they're routinely playing three centers at the same time. Like they'll play Kalel and Fale Dante and Nathan Biddle at the same time uh, and just run like a three, two zone. Uh, it's, they're a weird team. They're not playing super well right now. I think they're still trying to find some things. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Kalel Ware, who is really interesting. I'm again, somebody who I, I think, I need to keep watching throughout the year because I'm not entirely sure what to make of him yet. But yeah, what have you thought so far? So first off, I want to say the flashes are really, really dope. And yes, he he has gained some confidence over the last few games. So I, I didn't get to watch. I have the Houston game and then their game. I think it was yesterday against Villanova that I haven't watched yet that I need to watch. But I've watched most of the other stuff from him and just seeing his early games to recent ones besides those two. He's really gained some confidence, which has been great to see. And he's putting and making more threes. My my big concern with him, at least on the offensive end, is I think in in every game that I've watched, there's at least two, sometimes even three or four misreads that he makes where there's a, a teammate wide open and, and he forces up a bad shot. So his his decision making there has has been concerning for me. And and even on some of his assists, when a double company dumps it off, like a wraparound pass to the guy in the dunker spot, he's like a second or two late there as well. So I would really like to see that decision-making and processing speed up as the season goes on, because that's where my concern on offense lies the most right now. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think I would agree with that. It is hard too, just because, well, I don't know. I want to see them figure out some of the big to big passing stuff more. I think he's been okay on some of the post entry stuff that they've asked him to do because they'll have him like they run a ton of their offense uh, in the post through and follow Dante, who I just want to say, like, I've really enjoyed watching this year. Like, this Oregon team is weird. They're not very good just by, I think, what the standards were for them coming in, but he, He's someone who does make kind of decent reads and his post scoring has been very fun to watch this year. Um, but yeah, he, I, I agree with that entirely in entirety. Um, I think right now everything is pretty flashes based. Like you mentioned, like the, some of the dunks he's had have been kind of wild. Some of the ability to just attack the glass uh, has been wild. I think that based on trajectory, like even just going through Cerebro database and, and seeing a shot, like I'm pretty comfortable saying that he's a real shooter. Like I know he's only shooting 33% on the year, but um, like I mean, or, or I guess I'll ask you, how do you feel about his shot right now? Yeah, I, I I'm I'm confident in the shot. Not like I'm over the top for it either. Um, yeah. but I'm not I'm not against it. I'm confident in the shot being solid. His touches looked really really solid this year. He's shooting 74% at the rim, 64% on touch shots. I think that. Like you said, he's had some nice dunks as well, whether it's off of the offensive rebounding, going back up with it or just attacking or even like a drop step into a dunk. I, I really do think those flashes at his size are, are really, really uh, dope to see him and encouraging. Just, yeah, like I said, the processing and decision making needs to be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then going to the other end, too, and it's just in general, like, I think he's probably seven two. Like he's listed at seven foot on the roster, and there's there's no way he's only seven foot. Like that dude's seven one or seven two for sure. Um, but his mobility is just wild at his size. Um, I don't feel like again, I don't think that that means that he plays perfect defense all the time. Um, but some of the stuff that he has been able to do defensively has been really encouraging. Um, like I think, like again, just anybody who can cover ground like that at that size while having plus rim protection instincts. Um, it's really hard to not have your eye be caught by that. Um, I think where my bigger issues have been are him as a defensive rebounder. Like, I don't think he boxes out particularly well. Like, and I mean, that's basic stuff that I think we see with a lot of guys who are like taller and more mobile. Um, but I, I mean, it, it definitely does stand out. But yeah, the, the again, the defensive flashes have been really interesting. So, a couple of questions for you on defense. One would be, I agree with you on the ground coverage part. But where do you stand on his footwork on defense? And then the other one would be just the feel and decision, like off ball rotations and, and rib protecting there, um, having to make rotations. Where do you stand on those two? Uh, I don't think he's been like the best communicator. Um, I think especially too, because you see him playing, like he rarely plays the middle of the zone. He's pretty often on one of the, on like the weak side of the zone, um, which again, I think like, on one on one hand, you can like pick apart and be like, "Well, I don't want to watch somebody play zone," but I think you can really see a lot of like how a guy operates off the ball by how they play in a zone. Um, I don't think that he's necessarily gotten like back cut a shit ton, but I think he can overhelp a lot in trying to impact things at the rim. Um, and what's weird too is like I don't know what I would view as because we, I mean, we haven't really gotten to just see him play drop coverage a ton like just because by by nature of how much they're playing zone with what their roster is yeah um like that's stuff i would want to see from him my assumption is going to be that he's not great at drop coverage right now i want to i want to go back and watch his au tape because he's not a guy i watched a lot of, of aau um but yeah i think for me it's a lot of overhelping uh even with like 
one of the things that's difficult, and I, I don't know, like it, it seems like a small thing, but I struggle a lot with guys who only block shots with one hand. Like he is very much like wants to block shots with his dominant hand. So I think it leads to like you mentioned with the footwork, like I don't think his footwork is very good on recovery sometimes. Like he's good at getting there, but I think it's just not always the like it's right idea, but wrong way of going about it at times. And it leads to not being as impactful as it could be. Um, I don't know if you fall on the same line with that, but I think that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of like small techniques that, that needs to be cleaned up. But yeah, the, the ground coverage and still the ability with, with that size to, to be able to move and, and block shots at the rim is so intriguing. But yeah, just being faster with processing on both ends of the floor would, would do so much for him um, because really intriguing prospect. Yeah, I just need to say too, like this is a guy who for me, like obviously fit matters for every draft pick, but this is very much a guy who I wish could get drafted by the Pacers. Like, especially if they're, if they, please, I, I need to write about this sometime soon about how they need to actually make the trade. But like, I just envision like, Kalel Ware in a Rick Carlisle offense as because Rick loves his rollers, um, like loves having guys who can roll hard and just be screeners. And that would be very enticing um, playing alongside Halbert. And, and yeah, that would be fun. But yeah, I think that's really all I have on him. Um, he's again, somebody I want to watch more of as the year goes on. Cause I think they're still kind of figuring out what they're doing there. Um, weird team though. Like have you I, watched the Houston game. I did watch the Houston game. So, so what 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 was up with the no field goal attempts in that game? Uh yeah. Or was there was, one? There was one actually. There was one. Yeah, I felt he kind of floated in that game. It, like he it felt like he like he was on the perimeter a lot in that game. They just put him out on the perimeter a ton. They didn't try and establish a lot on the inside, but I also didn't think he was super assertive in finding ways to to be assertive on the inside. Um but honestly, they just like the guards could not do anything with the ball in their hand against against Houston. Um, like, sense. yeah, I think so. To like, I think on one hand, yeah, that was rough. But also, like, that's one where like Houston's defense was just wildly impactful in that game. And Oregon, Oregon has like one and a half guards on their roster right now. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's not also a, a shame because like Will Richardson his freshman year I thought was pretty intriguing. Um, thought he was eventually going to end up like a draft prospect, and it's a shame that he just hasn't been able to. I I thought if he were to be at Oregon for his what this is his fifth season actually now, yeah. like I I thought if he were to be there for that long, even his fourth, he'd be dominating college basketball, and unfortunately that has not been the case. And some of it is he hasn't really had good surrounding help around him either. Rosters have never been great for him, but uh, yeah, I expected more from him. Yeah, yeah. And he's been fine, too, but it's just, like, he's way overtaxed with being their lead ball handler. Yeah, not that he's been bad. I just, like, I thought he could be, like, yeah. someone who was dominating college basketball, which has not been close to the case. Definitely. Well, I think that wraps up everything for today. I know that was a lot. Uh, so I appreciate you, everybody for sticking around. Zach, did you have anything you wanted to get off your chest before we go? No, I think we got through everything we wanted to talk about. I, unfortunately, don't have any... Um, I didn't do the research of what games to watch this week. I was going to do that after, so I don't really have any games for anyone to to recommend for. But if you have anyone, any games to recommend, by all means, go for it. But yeah, I'm good. Well, yeah, Wednesday, Ohio State Duke. I think it's gonna be really big. Ohio State just got moved in the top twenty five. Uh, Duke had a very rough loss, uh, but obviously still very talented. So I think that'll be a fun prospect battle. 
And then uh, I guess Creighton in, in Texas that we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, Creighton so. in Texas, which that's the one that we're looking at maybe doing for watch playbacks. We'll be on the lookout for that. But to everyone listening, thank you for listening. Most importantly, have a good rest of your day. Wait, where is the record button? Hold on a sec.